Hey everyone, welcome to the Wednesday night Bible study for Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. I am Lindsay Lee, the pastor, and tonight I will be your teacher in Kingdom 101 Relationships. We're going to pick up where we left off last week and continue on to see what else we can start to, uh, I'll use that lovely term, unpack in terms of the kingdom, relationships, and things that we need to know as we are walking in relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we'll start with prayer, and then we're going to continue on. We're in my kitchen tonight, and as you do know, this is not live. This is pre-recorded, but you will be able to leave your comments, your questions, and um, any other type of things comments and questions early uh, in the comment section below on the Facebook page, or you can contact us at astoundinglove.org. So that's the email address, contact us at astoundinglove.org. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll uh, carry on, shall we? Father, we praise you and we thank you tonight for your word, and I thank you for the unfolding of what it is that you want to reveal to each of us with regard to relationships. You want to talk to us. You want to bring us closer to you. And so I thank you that every hearer is graced to receive what it is that you have to say. These, these engrafted words of God that are not only able to save our souls, but are able to take us into the relationship with you in the kingdom of God, which is our hope and our source for all things, all things that pertain to life. I thank you that I yield and I submit myself to you, Holy Spirit. For you to be able to speak through me, speak to all of us, for not only am I privileged and honored to be able to be the one that you're speaking through tonight, but I also am graced with the ability to hear what it is that you have to say so that I too can walk in this and and allow the kingdom of God to be seen through me. I pray for every hearer, whether they are watching this for the first round or they're just coming in, but wherever they happen to be in their journey, that everyone learns to walk in your peace and your rest and to really clearly hear you so that your kingdom life manifests through us, that the truth of who you are is seen. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So what we're going to pick up, I'm going to do a very slight review or recap, I should say, of last week. But if I did the whole thing, then I would we wouldn't move forward. So the main thing that I just want you to uh, to focus on here is that this is we're going to take our time with this. This is uh, based upon a book that I wrote called Kingdom 101. But as I've mentioned before, you do not have to own the book in order to be able uh, to follow along with what we're saying. I think that they probably recommend it, and I'm definitely not going to tell you not to get it, but I will say that uh, some of what you hear is going to be written on these, uh, is written in the pages of the book. Some of what you hear will end up coming in the workbook that is in progress right now. So some of these lessons really are more from the workbook uh, than they are, which is connected to the book. Anyway, enough of that. That's why I don't do commercials. <laughs> All right. The first thing that we want to look at is that we're going to talk about points of study. That's where we're going to pick up and you will be able to find those notes. You should see those, the link that you can click in the Facebook page and it will take you directly to the notes so that you are able to download them. It's not an exhaustive list, but these are the things that you can 
uh, what am I going to say? You can follow along with what we're talking about uh, from last week, and you'll be able to start just really picking up. And what I'll do, I'll do my best to try to provide them continually and consistently with the pre-recorded ones. So you actually will have the notes that I'm working from tonight. You'll have last week's notes and this week's notes. So both, there's two links. There should be two links there. And you'll be able to click onto each of them and be able to download the materials and, and we'll go from there. Um, okay, so having said that, again, the overview of this class was just to let everybody know, and you guys can tell I'm working on my computer. So when I'm looking over here or looking over there, it's because I try to have everything on the screen in front of me, not to mention I have my own face in front of me. So that's a little interesting. Anyway, um, <laughs> So the overview in the first lesson of Kingdom 101 is we were talking last week. One of the things that we were looking at was that the objective in this journey is to learn or to improve upon our ability to listen for and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in all of our interpersonal encounters with others. So I want you to understand this is much more than just a Bible study on, on relationships. If that's what you thought that you were coming into is just a cute relationship talk, this is not the right place for you because we're going to hit hard on some areas and it's going to hit some nerves, it really is. And uh, I believe that that's necessary in order for us to penetrate the hard areas within ourselves and to allow the word of God to dwell in us richly instead of just being like a sprinkle or something. You know, we don't wanna be sprinkled with the word, we're immersed in this word and then having it uh, do the work on the inside of each of us. So that's what I, I need to remind you of that. Um, you have chosen to participate in this. You have chosen to hear and to continue in a journey in, into the kingdom of God because you want to learn how to abide in his rest on this side of eternity. And as we mentioned before, resting in peace is resting in the earth while we're here. It's not afterward. It's here because the peace of God is available to us in the earth. And it's part of the package of things that you get from the kingdom of God. And even though I will refer to us as kingdom citizens, and sometimes I may use the term ambassador, depending on what capacity we're in, understand that the kingdom of God is about sonship. It is, it is the son of God that came and said, repent or change how you're thinking. I want you to stop thinking as servants and, 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 and stop thinking just in terms of uh, being having to be subservient to God. And I want you to start thinking about what he created you to be, which was his son. He wanted you to, he wanted each of us to, to be part of his family. God created family. That's, that's what this was about, his family. He did not try to create a bunch of servants. He had angels for that. He still has them. He's got people for that. So we are in a different in a whole different category. That's why you'll read in Psalm 8 that the angels were asking, I believe it was the angels asking, what is man that you were mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? You made him lower in, in a lower place than Elohim, but you graced man with something. We, it's so different for us. You've given him yourself. You are abiding on the inside of man. What, what is man about? And we get the privilege and the honor to answer those questions. And it's all about the kingdom of God. So we have chosen to participate in this life on earth from a seated position in the heavenlies in Christ. So, and, and those are things we'll look at in Ephesians chapter two, and, and we'll go through this, these various scriptures. But I'm, I'm guessing that many of the people that are tuning into this have already had experience, Christian experience, 
and you're looking for kingdom life. And so it's the life of God that, we, that we're talking about, that that's what pours out of us. And that's, that's what we are uh, carriers of is this in, in these earthen vessels that we call bodies. We are carriers of the life of Christ, the life of God. We're carriers of the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And he is here to lead us and guide us into walking and living in the kingdom of God. All right. So every kingdom of God pattern of obedience has been established by the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what this is about is patterns of obedience. How did he do this? How do we process this? How do we walk in this? How do we manifest this? And all those words can be kind of big, but they all really just mean, how can the truth of God be seen in my life? The evidence. I want my life to be evidence, um, a living testimony. I'm a witness, a, a testimony, a witness testimony is somebody that has seen something. And so they have something to say. And that's what we are to be is eyewitnesses, testimonials given from us about the goodness of God, about the power of God, about the love of God, about the kingdom of God. That's what we do. It's, it's what we do all day, every day. So uh, let's continue. I love talking about this stuff. I really do. I honestly do. And I will tell you that as your teacher, I will be very transparent. I'm going to touch on some things from last week because I received some questions. Um, a couple of them were posted on Facebook and the other ones came to me by text message or, you know, email or uh, electronically. And so we're going to look at some things that just pick up from that and you will be again you have the opportunity to continually ask your questions because it will drive the direction of what we're doing this is prophetically taught which means that even though i have notes much of what is being taught is coming from what the spirit of god is writing upon my heart and then speaking out of my mouth because he knows who's watching us he knows who is connected to this i do not know and therefore, we don't want something that's just all packaged so beautifully together. It's a very nice message, but it's not reaching your heart because he's talking directly to you uh, through me. And so we don't have a lot. I have notes. Oh, yes, I, I have notes. But what I'm trying to tell you is that it's not formulaic. It is going to be by the spirit. It is always by the spirit because he knows who he's talking to and what he wants to say to each of us. And so this won't be, um, well, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. So his patterns keep us in alignment with the heart and will of the Father. And remember, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our guide. He's our helper. He's so many different things, and he is absolutely wonderful. And so the kingdom mindset nugget, I want to give you that again. You should have it in your notes now that you've downloaded it. Is that a lot will be said concerning having, putting on, and letting the mind of Christ lead the way or dwell, let this word of God dwell in us richly. Because every point made in this class is foundational to the thinking process of Jesus Christ. This is all about the mind of Christ. Remember, the first message that Jesus was recorded as preaching when he came from the wilderness, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The prophet that went before him, uh, John, John was also preaching repentance, repentance. But John didn't have the revelation of the kingdom to be able to teach and demonstrate it the way that Jesus would be able to. 
but he still knew prophetically to say, it's time to change the way you think. For the kids, It's time to make an adjustment to your life. It's time for you to learn that you do not have to live in this earth on such a low level. Because the kingdom life is that which comes from above, from the seated place in Christ Jesus. And John was giving us this message. This, he was the forerunner to let it be known, the one that comes after me is going to show you the kingdom of God, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That is a hallmark part of the kingdom message, but it doesn't end there. And that's what we really have to understand is that we were not born again, as we say, or born from above to merely live an earthen life. We were born from above in order for the kingdom of God to be seen in the earth and for the love of God to be released to mankind, to humanity, to learn that we have so much more to us than we were, we were, we were born we were sent with the purpose of God. There's a divine destiny that is the and the power to be able to overcome the things that happen to you because you know it's not an escape, people. It's a life that is we're living here that that has eternal value to it. But it's not an escape plan. Let's get saved and get out of here. And uh, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna come back to that. I, I will come back to that. I'm sure. But these are the things that we're talking about. So as we press on, remember, re follow the suggestion, pray in tongues, pray in the spirit. If you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, uh, then reach out to us or reach out to a, a trusted friend, somebody that knows the things of God. And there's a lot of those folks here that can lead you into receiving your prayer language, because that is a, another one of those powerful things that comes from the kingdom of God. We speak the language of heaven. You see what I'm telling you? We speak the language of heaven in the earth. We release it from a, a, a powerful position. And really, what, what am I saying? We can pray. We can be the mouthpiece by which Jesus Christ, who's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, is and ever makes intercession. Those prayers can be heard through our voices when we allow and when we yield and let him pray through us. And that's a whole nother topic, but we'll have to get to that because kingdom 101 prayer is, is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. All right, let me keep going. So we're going to listen and look for the voice of his testimony. And tonight I'm going to probably bring more in about the blood of Jesus because I love talking about the blood of Jesus and because it is a very relevant part of relationships. Remember John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in the son would not fail or perish, meaning be eternally banished and separated from God, but would have everlasting life in God. And the whole crux of that particular conversation that Jesus had with that man that night named Nicodemus was the fact that blood was going to speak. He knew that he was going to give his blood and that blood, he was already speaking through him as he walked in the earth. And now what he's getting them or us all ready for was to say, this blood is going to testify of the goodness of God and of your life and of, and of the possibilities of you being a citizen in heaven and, and so much more. And uh, forgive me too, if I'm, I hope I'm not messing up your sound too much. I'm trying to wear the headphones around my neck instead of clicking with the earrings, which are really cute. But, you know, anyway, um, 
so prayerfully, this is a good sound. Otherwise, we're going to have to go back to the mics. Anyway, um, this is what I want you to listen for and look for, the voice of the testimony of the blood of Jesus, the voice and the testimony of the word of God. This voice, his voice resonates in the atmosphere, meaning that there is a very clear, distinct sound, a tone that we are to cue our ears to hear. And one of the ways that we're able to do that is to pray in the spirit, to pray in the heavenly language until we can focus and we can hear what he's saying and we can see what he's doing and we can know. And uh, it is not a secret to anybody that has ever read the gospels that the Lord Jesus Christ had quite the extensive prayer life. You are not really going to be able to manifest the things of the kingdom if you do not have intimacy with God, a prayer life, a conversation with him on a regular basis. I don't mean at once a month or, or, or once a year or three times a year during certain holidays, but I mean a, 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 vit, a vital and a, a living conversation with him, whether it's in the mornings. I know people who have prayer closets. I know people who have... Uh, places on their properties that they go out and they pray on front porches or back porches. I have chairs. I used to have a prayer closet. I actually did. And I will get another one at some point in my life. But right now I, I have chairs. I have pink chairs and I have white chairs um, that I sit in and it becomes a sanctuary. I can actually just be closed off. And that's the place where I talk to God. I talk to and I hear I listen for him. Even before coming on to do this taping, he's talking to me about you. He's talking to, to me about what he wants to say. And it's that intimate place. I don't have a braggadocious prayer life, people. I, I don't. It's, it's a personal relationship. And since we're talking about relationships, remember, and it's a beautiful segue, that all kingdom relationships are connected to God. Otherwise, it's not a kingdom relationship. It has to be that he is at the epicenter of it. He has the preeminence. Jesus has the, the preeminence. And so that brings me to the notes, the points of study, the kingdom relationship absolutes, which you, again, you should have this as a download. The word relationship being defined as an association, a connection, an affiliation, a rapport, a bond, a liaison, a link, or a correlation. And those are just some of the words, but we're going to delve a lot deeper into that. And all kingdom relationships, I had you repeat this a couple of times, are rooted in the king. That's where they come from. They are rooted in the king, King Jesus. They are the, the, the whole point of them. They're in him, okay? And every relationship is patterned after Jesus. He is the originator. He has to, the scripture says it. In all things, he has preeminence. He's the firstborn. He's the first. And everything comes, you know, he's, he's the groundbreaker. Uh, and I know there's a song that's a beautiful song. He's a way maker. He's all of those things. You see, so he forges the trail that we follow. And he gives us times with him where we get to ex be explorers. We can be pioneers. We can be on a journey with him. But he is always uh, accompanying us by his spirit. He's always with us. He does not leave us. He does not forsake us. He's not sitting on a throne in heaven going, I hope they make it. That's not it. In fact, we're seated in him. So every relationship is patterned after him. So we are to submit to and to receive and to be joyous and every relationship that we are given by God, given, you know, that is ordained of him even. Uh, and, and so, again, we're, it's a broad spectrum. It is not just people. 
It's our relationship with ourself. It's our relationship with God first, and then a relationship with ourselves, and then the relationship with others. Because, oh gosh, the way it all comes together, it is just, it's just amazing. And let's keep going. If the relationship is not rooted in the king, it is not kingdom. So this includes our relationship with self, okay? And I read to you last week, Out of Kingdom 101, The Supernatural Reality of Heaven on Earth. And I quoted pages 22 and 23. So it's actually in your notes. That copyrighted part of the book is in the notes as well. All kingdom relationships are conformed to the image of Christ. And that's what that book excerpt is talking about. That they have to... He has to be in the reflect. He has to be the mirror that we reflect, the pic, the image that we see that we are reflecting, and we become him. When I say reflect, I don't mean like take a picture. I mean that it's the same image. His image in earth is seen in us. That's what I what I'm saying. And boy, we can we'll, we will get to explore that and go a whole lot deeper. But I, I'm simply trying to tell you that it's not a, uh, what do you call those things? It's not um, like somebody's using a projector and sending a picture of Jesus so that you're supposed to be able to see him, uh, you know, like that, like a, um, you know, a, a, like he's not real or it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're sending the signal. There's this picture. See, we're supposed to be the image of that. No, no, no. He's alive on the inside of us. So the image that they see is the image of Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's always, always him. It doesn't nullify our existence. In fact, it enhances it and it, and it elevates us and, and starts putting us in proper alignment with the will of God. So I, I just, uh, oh, wow, it, this is so much fun. <laughs> okay, all kingdom relationships are conformed to the image of Christ. Every relationship we have is rooted in love for someone, something, or some desire. Or some belief. We're going to see in the scriptures tonight as we're looking at them, where it's talking always, you'll see a connector, but you'll also see love because God is love and it he is joy, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. That's part aspects of the kingdom of God. So everything, everything, everything is always going to have his, his DNA, his handprints, his presence is all over it. You hear me? It's never, never, ever without him. It's always through him, in him, by him, because of him. That's how kingdom life works. The king has preeminence. Obedience is a factor in every relationship, whether kingdom or otherwise. So you're going to serve God or you're going to serve something else, but you want to obey the voice that you listen to. Even if you think, yeah, well, I do my own thing. I don't really listen to God and I surely don't believe in a devil and I don't do this and don't do that. It's like, you know, you, you are not the smartest uh, uh, chip in the cookie, okay? Because some things are in existence, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, or whether you, you trust it or not. It's, it is what, what, how it has been, spirit, the spirit realm, uh, which is what I'm talking about. It already has protocols. It's already established. It was established before we were even established. Remember um, that in the book of Genesis, God made man. Man never made God. So you and I don't get to change the rules. I don't care how much we want to deny access to the power of God. We don't get to nullify that. We don't, or rather, we don't get to eliminate it. We don't get to tell him that it's not true. 
because he existed long before we ever did. And that's just not within our realm of authority. So you do obey something or someone. You obey your body. You obey your emotions. You follow after how you're feeling or you don't do stuff and you're non-productive because you just didn't feel it today. Sometimes, you know, you, you go through other things because, you know, you, you didn't want to, whatever it is you did not want to do. Those are actually, you're obeying a voice. You're obeying a feeling. You're obeying something. Um, whether it's a directive from God or it's a directive from another realm or it's the you dictate it to by the emotions and the opinions of other people. You know these these different sites you go to where people express how they feel and what they think and 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 sometimes they talk about you and maybe you conform your behavior in order to please a human be another human being. Don't, don't do that. If you seek to please God. The Bible says that when a man's ways please the Lord, it causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So your peace doesn't come from man. It comes from God. Whoever you are, you know that's what you needed to hear. So if you're trying to get peace by doing what somebody tells you to do, if you're trying to get peace by changing the way you look because other people have voted and they don't like the way you look, stop doing that. Uh, you're always going to find a dissenter. There's always going to be somebody. Uh, some people think you're nice looking. Some people do not. Some people think you're this and some people think this. And you can't live that way. You cannot live that way. You, you will not do well. I promise you, you will not do well running after the opinions of others. So just put a stop to it now. Because I don't know if you realize it or not, but you get a vote in your own life. In fact, it's necessary for you to cast a vote. It's necessary for you to develop a relationship with yourself, with God and yourself. And um, it's necessary for you to, to get the image from the word of God of what you really look like. You're going to have to hear from him and let him describe you the way he sees you, because that's the authentic picture of yourself. And I tell you what happens, it's, it's very, very true. And I'll share testimonies uh, a little later in the month, I think, or next time we're live, maybe. But what I have learned thus far is that when God started giving me a description of myself, I started finding myself in the pages of his word. And as I started finding myself in the pages of his word, wow, I started the truth of who I really am has begun to be seen. When I got God's description of me, instead of taking on other people's description of me, I started seeing myself the way he does. And I don't know that I have access to those notes today, but if I don't, I'll get them for you later. So let's keep going here. Um, vital components. Um, as we said, obedience is a factor in every relationship. And then there are also vital, vital components, expectations of relationship. That's what we're going to get into today. Intercourse, which is more than sex. It's talking. It's exchanging. So exchanging, intimacy, hearing, listening, believing, knowing, giving, receiving, learning, growing, being vulnerable, being transparent. Those are some of the things that are connected to relationship. Okay. All right. Um, 
But one of the things that is very, very important for you and I to understand is that a relationship must be nurtured. And we're going to look at scripture on that. So we're going to talk about, as I mentioned last week, there were four areas of relationship that we're going to talk about to pursue with God. These are not the only four areas. There are other ships, if you will, that we're, we're going to also look at. But these four, uh, the Spirit of the Lord kind of just really drew them to my attention. And all of that is in your notes. I want to just get to it because I'm going to stay on time. So here's what we want to talk about. What is my relationship with God and love? And love is God. You know this. Love is a person. But also, there's some questions that you get to ask yourself that I, I think um, we need to get the answers from God. One of them is, how do you love you? And the one of the ways that you can answer that is to find out if God is at the helm of your opinion of yourself or, or do you have an independent thought? You can test it out just by thinking about the things that you say. You look at, take a look at yourself in the mirror and see the things about yourself that you don't care for over much. You know, I could definitely do that. And then what do you do? You open your mouth and you say things about yourself. You call yourself old or you call yourself ugly or you call yourself imperfect in some way, shape or form. You find fault with yourself. Now, I'm not telling you to be narcissistic. That's that's crazy, okay? I'm not telling you, just, oh, I just love me, I love me, I love me, I'm so perfect. No, you're not perfect, but you're perfect. You're being perfected, which is being matured. And it is, it, it's the fact that you and I have one way that we may see ourselves and we see other people. God has another way of seeing us and seeing our lives. And when you belong to him, he has a way of looking at his children. He sees the room for improvement and he has a plan to bring us to perfection. You understand? So you're going to have to say the things about yourself that God says. I'll give you examples of that next time because I, I really want to stay on track with the time and I want to be able to bring you all into, into this part where you'll, you'll be you'll be doing some, some very good thinking. But you've got to understand, you are nurturing a relationship with God, even in terms of how you treat yourself. If you do not eat well, if you do not cleanse yourself, if you do not uh, do the outward appearance, you know, if you're not doing some form of exercise, walking or something and maintaining your health, then why? And I'm not talking about individuals that have sick issues and this and that and the other. But see, even then, even when you've been diagnosed with this or they told you that this runs in the family, there is a way to connect with God and to release the love that God has for you into you. Because I am not talking about, mm, 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 I just love me, I love me, I love me. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how he loves me. He loves you. And we want to release his love for us into our thinking. How do you think about yourself? You probably need to repent. You're going to have to change the way you think about yourself. And you know how you know when you've changed your thinking? Because your words are going to reflect. They're going to generate the picture, the true picture of who you are. Or they're going to continue to promote a lie, a falsity 
about yourself because if you judge yourself on the secular world standards, you are going to always be less than. You will never be enough of. You will always fall short because this world is designed to destroy. It is designed in terms of the system of the world that is, is pushed by satanic, demonic um, agendas is designed to find fault with everything that God does and everything that God created. So that would include you and you and I, we must change our focus from pleasing man to pleasing God. And one of the ways that we please God, uh, Hebrews 11 will tell you that uh, it, by, it, it, without faith, it is not possible to please him because we're going to have to come to him believing that God is who he says he is, that he said what he, that he says what he means. He means what he says and he rewards those that will diligently seek him. You have to believe that. If you can't believe that, then you're going to have to get some help from the spirit of God because you've got a lot of stuff, a lot of junk in your uh, place and it's going to have to come out. You're going to have to talk about yourself the way God does. And the way he talks about us um, is through scripture. So I have a lot of Bibles. Oh, I'll just see this one is closer. No, it won't knock paper over. Okay. So it's through scripture. It's, it's, it's things that you find in this book, this book here, that talk about you. You and I are in here. Fearfully and wonderfully made. One of the first scriptures I typically go to, and I, like I said, I'm off script, okay? <laughs> one of the first scriptures that I, I tend to go to is Psalm 139, because it, it Psalm 138 verse 8 is, is one of my all-time go-to scriptures. I probably say or think or realize one aspect of that scripture every single day, verse 8, which says that the Lord perfects the things that concern me and he doesn't forsake the works of his hands. But in Psalm 139, verse one, he says, oh Lord, you have searched me and known. So there, right there, you've searched me. So he's done the inventory. He knows every intricate part of me. He says here, you know my down sitting and my uprising and you understand my thoughts afar off. So don't you think that there's a remedy for how you think about yourself? Uh, it says he compasses or encircle my path and my lying down and you're acquainted. All of my ways, you know everything about me. You never have to pretend with God because he already knows. So it's like, yeah, but if he knows, oh, that's not good. Well, maybe some of the stuff you're doing isn't good, but it's very good that he knows you. And, and you know what, baby? He loves you. He knows your ways. He's acquainted. He, he sees you. He sees your whatever, you're this and you're this and all that and everything else. But it has never changed his love for you. And so with that love, there is a way that you can also be accepted because he's going to cleanse you. This is when I'm talking about the voice of the blood of Jesus. You see, there's a way of escape. There's a cleansing, a, a purification of our minds that comes by way of the blood of Jesus. And then that crown that we wear has his mind connected to, uh, to it so that we're connected to, to think high. And again, you're thinking high, not because you're earthbound, but because in the, in the kingdom, we are seated in the heavenlies in Christ. And so there's that mind, there's that ability. And what he's saying to you is let that happen here where you're walking physically, the same place where you're abiding spiritually. We are spirit beings before we're human beings, okay? We were, he made spirit. We are after his kind and his likeness. And he gave us a house to live in. 
And when you're in the kingdom of God, this is why there has to be a day when you give up buying into all of the ethnic and uh uh, the, the prejudices and the, and the so-called weaknesses of a skin color and a culture. And, and, and you have to take on kingdom culture because kingdom culture is not rooted in your skin tone or your, uh, the ethnicity, the, eth- the ethnos, if you will. That's not where we get identity in the kingdom. In the kingdom, the identity comes by the word of God. It comes from the king himself. That's your identity. And you get the opportunity to give up one and take on another. And why would you want to go back? Well, you know, they mistreat me because I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm female. They mistreat me because I'm male. They mistreat me because I don't identify with this. and I don't, I don't identify with all that stuff either. I identify with what God has said. Because, you see, that's what elevates you. And that's what uh, transforms you. And that's what brings you into a greater place of worship and, 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 and miraculous happenings that will go on in your life. So, um, wow, let me keep going. Okay. I wanted to say, okay, so what is my relationship with God and love? Level one, have you received his love? I've shared this story many times over the past year. It's really only been about a year, maybe less than a year. Then I came across the discovery that God loved me. I have heard it all my all my days as a born from above person. You know, God loves you. Jesus loves you. Yes, I know he does. Yes, he, I know he does. But inside, I didn't believe it. Inside, I was like, nah, he doesn't really love me because he, and I've shared this again, uh, because he made me fat, because he did this, because he did it. Well, he never did. And that's what I had to discover was that my thinking was according to the world. It wasn't according to God. I had not ever asked God, why did you do it? You know, I just accused him. Now, if you're accusing God of mistreating you, if you're accusing God of not caring about you, if you're accusing God of anything, you're not speaking from, the source that you're speaking from is the, is the accuser of the brethren. And he's using you to accuse God so that you won't go to God and you won't allow God to be to you who he really is. Stop. You can stop the madness. You really can. You, you can give yourself permission. So you have authority over your own thoughts. You can change your thinking. You can choose to think according to the mind of, of Christ. You can choose to walk in this power of the kingdom. Nobody has, I can't make you do it, but you have the right to do it. You have and no, 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 not, not a demon, not a anything, not a, not, not a preacher on the planet has the right to tell you to only think what they tell you to think. They are out of line. God himself has told you, let this mind be in you. He didn't even take away your power of choice. So do not give the power of your ability to think. Do not give that to another man or woman. You get it from God. He will keep you and keep you in that mind. And so Psalm 139 goes on and he says, you know it all together, Lord. You saw me. If I, whatever it is, wherever I go, you're there. I will praise you. He says in verse 14 or here, um, verse 13, he says, you have possessed my reins. You have my thoughts. I can give you that. And you've covered me in my mother's womb and I can praise you for I am fearfully, wonderfully made. And you call me marvelous. See there, 
right there is a description of you. Psalm 139. Verse 14, he says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, fearfully, wonderfully made. The and is italicized, fearfully, wonderfully made, marvelous thy works. I am a work. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, I believe it is, uh, says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So I am a work of God and he calls me marvelous and he calls you that too. This is how I mean that you start getting your identity. You find yourself in here. I'm marvelous. I'm, I'm, I'm marvelous. Yeah, I really am. Because God said so. It's not because I say so, but I say so because God said so. I am, see, they sing these songs. I am who you say that I am. And then they go out and talk about being a worm and a, and a, and a dismal this and a that and the other. It's like, well, either you are who he says you are or who is the he you're singing to. <laughs> because if I am who God says that I am, I'm going to say what God says. If I'm talking about anything or anybody else, I guess we know who the source of your identity is based upon what you say about yourself. I won't belabor it. I've made my point and we'll come back and, and do some more of that. But as you start searching these things in this word, you start finding he, because the spirit of God will lead you. And again, go back to that focused thinking, praying in the spirit, asking him, who am I? What do I look like? Because I want to see my image. And so when I started receiving his love, he loves me. He loves me. I'm sorry again if I'm messing up the sound. Uh, I guess we'll, well, you won't actually know because if I messed up the sound, I have to do this over. <laughs> anyway, um, so I came to this realization. No, he loves me. He actually loves me. He did not make me into a, he didn't make me a monster. He didn't make me ugly. He didn't make me a, a, a really obese child. He didn't do the things that life, the, the things that the words that other people said that I bought into, that's what did those things to me. God didn't do it. And what he's saying is, but I'll give you the correct words so that you won't, you know, you won't walk in that. All right. Uh, let's keep going here. I guess I'll put you right here for the moment. Okay. So this word, what is my relationship with God? And I had a question. Somebody had asked me a question and I want to incorporate it into this. All right. Said, my question is, how does attraction work? Because I know I have found men attractive when there's no way it could be physical attraction, at least not at first. I thought I was attracted to their brain and thought process, but eventually the physical did not matter. It was unexplainable to me. And so a person is asking the question. There was more to it, but I just love this question. And it's like what I'm asking, what, what, how is it that I can be attracted to somebody that's not my type? How is it possible that I can be drawn to somebody that uh, is not typically on my radar? I made a, a shared part of a story last week about how I have, um, I very seldom, I, I meet a lot of people and um, I, uh, but, but as far as men are concerned, and I, I do, I, I, I'm blessed to meet a lot of men. I don't very often find a man that I'm drawn to personally. I am drawn to many people because, why? Because my Jesus, they're, they're carriers of him. And so when I meet different people in different places, I'm always, always instantly like starry-eyed and in love with you because you're carriers of Jesus. And if you don't carry him, I'm still in love with you because, because I know he loves you. So that's how I'm ordered. And so love is a real big thing to me. I really love love. I do. And I know who he is. But 
in terms of a personal, interpersonal type of thing, no, that that's not um, that that's not an everyday occurrence with me. And so I was, I was sharing how I came, I've come across a few in the last uh, year or so. It's been just yeah, about a year. And um, I've come across a few that have got my attention on a different level. And I've shared about how one, um, because of the Jesus, because of the spirit of God, because of, uh, I'm attracted first. Uh, I, I will notice, I, I, I'm not going to be uber spiritual here. Oh, yes, you know, I never noticed. I, I definitely notice eye candy. Oh, yes, I do. I, I appreciate beauty. I, I notice beautiful women. I notice uh, beautiful or handsome men or uh, people that have some kind of quirk to them. I just like people. I do. I, I'm surprised that I do, but, but I actually do. And so, um, but this particular person, I got caught off guard because I, I caught a, um, I happened to see him in a different place, in a different way. And I noticed him on a, as a woman notices a man. And that caught me by surprise because it's not very often that that happens. Most of the men I know, they're my brothers, they're my buds and my friends and so forth and so on. And we're all happy with that. But this particular man, in just that moment, my eyes were open to see differently. And when that happened, I was like a 16-year-old girl, like, oh, hmm, hmm, okay, awkward. What do we do? Well, what we do is scurry, run, <laughs> go to the Spirit of God and say, hey, this is what happened. See, this is my relationship with God. I just found out I'm attracted. Um, is that okay? Why am I asking if it's okay? So that I'm not mooning after somebody, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't do any of this stuff anyway, but so that he doesn't take over my thinking so that I don't suddenly become obsessed with somebody far, far away and think, wow, how could we make this happen? Could we do this? Could we do that? And all of the manipulations and the things that happen to be out of order for me as a woman, I'm not chasing any man. Or how do I get him to notice me? Maybe I could do this or maybe I could do that. You see, none of that is necessary. You go back to God and you just simply say, wow, I noticed him. And even if he's not the one, you know what? Thank you that I found out that I'm alive and I'm, 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 I'm alert on every, on every level. All systems are firing. So um, this question came out of, out of that. And so how does attraction work? And so I asked the Lord, what are we talking about when we talk about attraction? And he said that the biblical word that we want to look at is draw. And he gave an interesting scripture. Okay, remember I said that all relationships must be nurtured. That means they must be, you have to feed them. And you also are going to have to keep sowing or investing seed into them. This is the nurturing process, which uh, we'll, we'll get into, we'll talk about uh, at length. But when drawn by the Holy Spirit, see, this is the attraction. When you're drawn to someone by the Holy Spirit, it is because it's the Father's will. His eyes are upon that person and he wants you to see him. Are you telling me, uh, some people call me PL. You can call me PL if you want to. Are you telling me PL that? Uh, that God brought you uh, to the alert about that person. No, I'm not telling you that, but I'm going to tell you that God drew me back to him 
once I noticed that person and I was scriptural in it because in Song of Songs, it says, daughters of Jerusalem, I'm going to warn you. I'm paraphrasing this. Do not awaken love before it's time. Don't get premature in anything. If you notice something and you like what you see, then go back to the father and say, is it okay for me to do that? Am I being really, um, what do you call it? Uh, what I'm being is safe because it keeps me out of trouble. All right. How do you know the person's not married? How do you know this? How do you know that? You see all of those things. So it's like, Lord, I want to make sure that at all times my eyes are drawn to what, that I'm seeing what you want me to see and not just seeing uh, whatever I want to. And uh, gosh, please ask your questions because that's muddy and I know it and I, I need to clean that up for you. So let me keep talking and I think we'll get it. Um, the, the, the biblical word, the word draw, uh, John 6, 44, it says that Jesus said, no man can come to me except the father who has sent me draw him. And then I will raise him up at the last day. And I know he was talking about people coming into the kingdom, but that word draw is speaking of um, pulling you in, pulling you into into an uh, into the place where he is. I, I'm pulling you by my spirit. See, this is a draw by the spirit. He said in um, uh, John 12:32, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all who unto me. So that's that magnetic, that pull, that attraction, because attract is also one of the words for it is like polarity. And it's going to be pulling you in, you know, into, into that orbit, if you will, gravitational pull kind of stuff. But here Jesus is saying it's by the spirit. This is the attraction that you want. Now there are two spirit, two different uh, ways. Okay. There's the, what we would say is the, is the, this kingdom nature, this Christ nature, or it's the Adam, the first Adam nature, the Adamic. And the old way is the attraction of, if it feels good, do it, follow after that. Hey baby, you know what's happening and all of this other kind of stuff. And if you're attracted, you must do something with it. Aren't you supposed to do something with it? There are a lot of secular rules and beliefs that will get you into trouble that will start to bring things into your life that you, you don't want to have. So if you're attracted, praise God, but go back to God also and talk to him about it. Who drew me? to this person? What was it about that person that got my attention? Was it a physical thing because I love the look of that face? Was it a, a spirit thing? Was it the way that they're, you know, because in the world, what is it? Oh, I, I'm a, I'm, we're attracted to the, the physical bodies. We're attracted to uh, shapely or muscular or this or that or the other. And all of that stuff is there. And, and you know what? It's not a sin to be attracted. It's what you do with it. All right. So, so this type thing. Um, when we say the person is not my type, then what we're really saying is I'm very ignorant of who I am and I'm ignorant of my identity because you see what I'm drawn to is the Jesus. It's not, well, that person, the way he or she looks, that's just not my style, honey. That's just not the way that I, you're talking personality in some places. You're talking temperament in other places. You're really talking personality more so than anything. You're talking about the way that person is presenting themselves. You're talking about your own set of judgments and abilities and opinions or, um, you know, your opinions about other people. You're talking about your personal likes and dislikes that are rooted in your flesh. You're not talking about what God is talking about. And that's where your dialogue and your, your, your being close to him will start to, um, to understand. And what I'm, what I'm trying to say, let's go to John 12, 
verse 35, and you'll see what I'm saying. You're talking about, uh, when we talk about it strictly from a world or a humanistic perspective, we're talking from the dark. When we are drawn, the light is what draws your attention. And so we have to walk in and stay in his light. That's John 12, 35, uh, that Jesus said, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness knows not where, where he goes. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. And so light is what you want to be, have to draw, to be attracted. And how much light is in you? How much light do you allow in you? How much love of God? Remember, loving you from God's point of view, God's love coming for through you for yourself, you and I taking on his love for us and beginning to let that be what bathes us. This again goes back to the blood of Jesus for God so loved that he gave. And this that he gave, this blood that he gave, it can clean your mind. It can clean the gunk out. It can bring you to a place of uh, purity. It can bring you to a place of wholesomeness. Maybe those are not words that really fit your fancy, but man, they can surely change your life and bring you into such a power and such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience with him. So he says, Jesus told them that and he didn't hide himself from them. See, that's the other thing about light. When we're, we're brought out into it, we don't hide from other people. And, and, um, but here it is kind of sad. He says, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they did not believe on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe, because Isaiah had also said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with eyes, nor understand with heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. And we've talked about this before. He's not saying to you, I'm trying to keep you out. He's saying, you have to come through me. If you can't come through me, then you're not going to be able to see it. If you don't come through, the, if Jesus doesn't have preeminence, you're not going to understand it. Your understanding is darkened. If Jesus does not have preeminence, you're not going to see clearly. You will not see yourself clearly. You will not understand um, the things about you that God finds so marvelous, so wonderful. Um, you won't be converted. You won't be converted if you don't come to Him, come through Him, and so. Um, he said that the, those that he was speaking to, they were like, oh, yeah, 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 I know this. But many believed on him. Many of these, even in these religious uh, circles, they believed. But because of the Pharisees, but because of other people, they did not confess. They did not openly admit that he, he would be the one, lest they be put out of the synagogue, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And that might be why you don't see yourself clearly and why your relationship with yourself is somewhat jacked up and you uh, starve yourself or overeat or you, you do this or you do that. You do everything but the things that God is telling you. This is, I want to take care of you. I want to, I want to work in you to bring healing to every aspect of your thinking. I want to bring you into wholesomeness, wholeness with me, into intimacy and relationship. Instead, here's the flip side. Acts 20, verse 30, it talks about how uh, it other, uh, some of you, he was saying, um, men shall rise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples. So there's that 
um, other magnetic pull, which is attraction. Again, you're being pulled away from something that you're not anchored to. You cannot be pulled away from your first love except that you're not anchored. If When we find ourselves backsliding or doing this, it's like, baby, you were never really connected. Um, it, it, in this, you might have been like, I'm, I'm in Christ and I'm born from above and I'm this and I'm that, but there are some parts of ourselves where we're not fastened in. We're not rooted. We're not grounded. We have not prayed this thing through. We haven't learned enough about it yet. So we will default to emotions and default to a personal opinion because we have not reset in those places of our thinking or behavior or our living or, or whatever it is. So we can be drawn away. You know, I've been doing really well on this and I've been following after and I've been obeying God and so forth and so on. But but maybe what you you might have followed the rules, but you weren't willing to be changed. Isaiah 1, uh, 17 through 19 is what I recommend reading, but especially being willing and obedient. So willing to obey him takes you through a different door than simply choosing to obey without him. We do so many things in the name of God, but we don't always do them inside of God or from the inside of God. And that's another place that we can we can get into. I'm just about out of time, but I wanted to uh, finish, I guess, I, I, I'm covering everything I, I guess I need to today. Your relationship is going to have to be nurtured. Let's look at John 21 and let's look at verse 15. Because that's uh, the scripture I, I want to close us out with, with these particular scriptures. So in John 21, um, starting with verse, what did I say? What did you say? Verse 15. John 21, verse 15. This is where Jesus was talking to Peter. And he said to him, Peter, do you love me? And or Peter, Simon, son of John, do you burn with love for me? I'm going to read this out of the, um, I think I'll read it out of the Passion Translation. He said, do you burn with love for me more than these? And Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I have great affection for you. And he said, then take care of my lambs. Well, that word there is feed in the King James, feed my lambs. And so John 21, verse 16, Jesus repeated this question a second time. Simon, son of John, do you burn with love for me? And Peter answered, yes, my Lord, you know that I have great affection. So he's talking Philo. Uh, I have great affection for you. He said, then take care of my sheep. And this is friendship. And then Jesus asked him again, Peter, son of John, do you have great affection for me? And Peter was saddened by being asked of the Lord the third time. He said, my Lord, you know everything. You know that I burn with love for you. And then Jesus replied, and feed my lambs. There's a difference in the degree of love. And it's as he questions and he's patient and he keeps giving you your assignment and he keeps talking to us and he keeps restoring us that you'll start to increase in your love for him. I've, I've been asking him recently some things about that. I'll, I'll talk about it later. Otherwise, I'm going to go off on tangent. I want to finish what I what I wanted to share to you. Um, so I'll just read these things here. It says to God, friendship comes at a cost. There's an interest in one another's lives because, you know, we know that um, there were some that were called a friend of God. And I, there's a song, I am a friend of God. Um, he, called, he, he called us friends. But what does it mean to be his friend? Because see, some people, friendship is just letting everybody do things for you. That's not friendship. Sometimes that's acquaintanceship. You're acquainted with others, but you don't know their ways. 
you don't know their ways. The people were acquainted with the, the, the deeds of God, but Moses learned his ways. I want to be your friend. I want to know what you're like. I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to get to know you. I want you to share. And I'm going to share too. It's, it's, it's an exchange. Remember intercourse. It's an exchange. It's not one-sided. Many of us have a one-sided relationship with God. It's not really a relationship. We're acquainted with him. But we have never bothered to let him introduce us to ourselves. We are only acquainted with ourselves too. You may not actually have relationship with you. You may not really know the things about yourself that you need to know so that you know what to avoid, where to take yourself, when to step back, when to step forward. It's a beautiful thing. And the friendship with God is what enables us to be our own friend. All right. There's an interest in one another's life, a self-investment of time or money or, or uh, hearing and a sense of selflessness. Sacrifice is a part of friendship. Otherwise, you just maybe acquaintances. Friends take the risk of telling one another the truth, sometimes to save a life. Are you telling yourself the truth? See, I am talking our interaction with other people, but we're also talking about do we take this risk with ourselves? Maybe you need to get away from a bunch of toxic people. Maybe you can then begin to detoxify yourself, you see. Um, friends really do not let one another drive drunk. And friends don't even let each other get drunk because you know what you're going to be like afterwards. Um, friends tell the truth. Uh, they do not leave you behind advocates friends stand by you when everyone else speaks against you and they speak up on your behalf whether it's parents your spouse your besties your siblings your uh, jesus or you his blood speaks on your behalf his blood is a friend you see um different from the societal friends the online friends which have no investment other than to like or to love what you post they don't even know your favorite color they don't know your favorite song or thing to do. Um, friends discover you because they have a genuine interest. If I ask people who, who know me what my favorite color is, a lot of people are going to tell you pink. Why are you going to tell you pink? Because I have so much of it. But it's a friendship color. It's a, it's a very lovely, loving color. I have actually eight favorite colors, not just one. I have eight. And some of my friends know what those are and take a guess. You know, uh, if I get um, some, at some point, I'm going to give a copy of my book away. And um, so, you know, get involved in this. What do you think of my favorite colors? That's kind of fun. If you know me, if you don't, then ask me and I'll tell you what they are. So um, but that's what, what I'm saying. They don't know your favorite color. They don't know your favorite song. They don't know what kind of things you really like to do. Your friends discover you. You discover your friends because they have a genuine interest. Have you discovered yourself? Have you discovered you yet? All right. There's a bond, a relationship, an attachment, a rapport, because that's what friendship is. It's an intentional relationship. Scripturally, it's a, st a strong friendship. It's a covenant relationship and it's established and sealed in blood, which is why Jesus is your best friend, because he shed his blood for you. John 15 verses 1 through 15. I'm going to read these and we're going to end it. He says, I'm a true sprouting vine and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. This is also some passion um, translation. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. This is what the Father does in our lives. 
The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in, in, in love or in life union with me for I remain in you. I abide in you. This is what he's saying. Abide in me. I abide in you. Let my words abide in you. Ask what you will. Well, I'm getting ahead. Okay. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Uh, can we say it any plainer? Re I will repeat it. So you must remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you. I abide in you for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Got that? Come on. So you're going to have to be one with him. I am the sprouting vine. He says, I'm the vine and you're my branches. And as you live in union with me, it's your source. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Been there? If a person is separated from me, he's discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, if you abide in me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Why? Because you're going to know what to ask for. You're going to know what to ask for. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my father. I love each of you with the same love that the father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your heart. Right there. That's not an invitation to intimacy with him. Lord, I don't know how to let your love nourish my heart. Well, Lord, will you teach me? Holy Spirit, will you teach me to let the love of God nourish my heart? Nurture, take care of me. Change my insight to reflect, you know, um, to be so that I am seen as being loved by God. Um, a well taken care of woman. I know people that are married to wealthy, you know, wealthy couples. And you can tell when somebody is, well taken care of, whether it's uh, because of the income that is coming to the house and, and she'll get herself done from head to toe. He does too. But um, a, a woman that is well taken care of, many people think that that's just um, spending the money. But I honestly believe that, yeah, that, that works for me. I, I could go for that. But I really believe that the responsibility for being well taken care of belongs to God. And that it comes from letting his love nourish you because that puts peace at work on the inside of you. And that brings out a beauty and a light and a joy that comes from us that the world just cannot imitate. And you can't find it in any salon or spa. So honestly, it's this scripture right here. I will continually let your love nourish my heart. That's John 15, 9. That's how I would say, how I say it. I continually let your love, let the love of God nourish my heart. That brings healing to your heart. You know, your heart won't attack you then because love is, is abiding. I keep, if I keep, if you keep my commands, he says, you will live in my love. So what would I say? I keep your commands and I live in your love. Just as he said, as I have kept my father's commands for, I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. Now that's what Jesus said about how he lived. So I am right here in this earth. Um, sitting in the heavenlies in him and I can lean and I'm just saying to him, you know what? I take this. I let, I continually let your love nourish my heart. I keep your commands. I continually live nourished and empowered by your love. 
That's John 15:10, the Passion Translation. This is not a confession. This is a I'm, I'm submit. This is a submission, and then it becomes a release. That that this is how I live, and you know what will happen. And hide and watch if you want, because I'm saying that, and it will reflect. It will be seen in me, and just as it's it's to be seen in you. If I wanted to keep it to myself, I wouldn't be sharing this with you. He says, my purpose for telling you this, these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Now, how's that for a lover? Uh, this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I've loved you. Now, again, the interpersonal relationships. Absolutely. We love that. Those of you that are married, this is a beautiful vow. I, when I marry, I can see putting something like this in there because it's a commission as well. We will love each other deeply as much as Jesus loves us. Can you see how it's the love of God for us, filling us and then flowing out of us? This is how we begin to get relationship with God is through the love door, the, the gateway, the portal that he has opened for us. I want to love you, and I already do love you, but I want you to let my love for you be a reflection, be a, a crown upon you, and be something that, that flows out of you. And then he said this, uh, if you uh, just to see it, he says, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life, lays down his life for his friends. Because friendship that's always, well, I'm not even going to go there right now. Just leave it alone. I'll come back to it. But not right now. I want to end on this. So you show that you are my intimate friends when you will obey all that I command you. Can you see where the willingness comes from? The willingness comes because we're loved. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, Father. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, Jesus. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, Holy Spirit, because of the way you love me. I tell you what, that's the other part of being well taken care of. How? I love how you love me. That's what we're telling him. Isn't that, uh, talk to you married people, uh, or those of you that are about to be married or want to be married, isn't that something? I love you. I love how you love me. That's supposed to be a mutually, uh, a mutual exchange. I want the man that I marry to just be able to stand and walk and do whatever, uh, you know, that woman loves me. You see, that's what he'll be able to say. Why? Because I already do. How come? Because it's been put in my heart. God put this big thing of love for this man that I'm to marry. It's been in me for all these years. I'm just waiting for the opportunity, you know, to be able to release it to the one. And it's only for one. This particular love is God's love for that person that he's put in me. Each one of us, I believe, carries that on the inside of us, but we also carry his love for us. And it starts with letting him love us before you try to go and love everybody else. You understand? Because you have you have a, a, a reservoir that you're able to release from. And it's the fact that I am so nourished and empowered by his love that all I can release to you is the love of God for you. Because I have the love of God for me and in it is the love he has for everyone else. So that's how it's supposed to be. And then the, for the other person, it's the same thing. It's like, wow, I've got all this love for this woman, you know, and it's, it's, 
It's whatever it is. I, I can't get into that because I don't know all that yet. All right. But I know what I've got. I know what I care. Do you know what you care? And are you willing to lay down your life as you have known it to take up that which God has prepared for you? Jesus said, you show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. It means I've come into a place with him where I'm hearing him talk to me. I've never called you servants. He said, I don't call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends, for I revealed to you everything that I've heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen you. I've commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another. And then he says this beautiful word deeply. And when you're a romantic or you love love like I do. Wow. I get to love deeply. Uh, Yeah. It makes me think of an old song. But, you know, I'll ask the question, how deep is your love? Well, In God, the Bible tells us there's no height or depth or width or whatever, circumference. There's nothing that is greater than his love. So lesson one, Kingdom 101 relationships is all about your relationship with the Father. What is my relationship with God and love? And I encourage you, I exhort you in this week to pursue a conversation with him. Prayer in in tongues, yes. Reading in the Word. Start with Psalm 139. I am marvelous. I'm a work of God, a workmanship created in Him to do and to and to be able to um, to reflect the things that He wants to reflect. Right uh, here, I'll give you that one, and then I'll end with that. Let's go here. Okay, is that what I want? Yes. Um, one of the translations that calls it His poetry that we have become His poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Now that's that version. And then if I just went to the New King James, and this is where it says it here, that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I've gone a bit over my time or my planned time. uh, But I think that this message was just that important. Would you all please, or some of you, somebody, (laughs) please be so kind as to comment. You don't want to put your stuff on the Facebook? Okay. Contact us at astoundinglove.org. If you know me and we're friends on as we say, friends on Facebook, then message me. You can use Facebook Messenger and contact me. That's perfectly fine. Some of you actually do that anyway. If you're a personal friend of mine, message me as opposed to texting me because it's easier to copy and paste if, if you have a question. And if you want, if you need to go anonymous, because we'll post your stuff without your name connected to it. But next time, I want to answer another question that um, was posted, and it, and it has to do with um, um, maybe being a comeback kid. I pray that your week is amazing. We've got uh, awesome testimonies that are going to be coming up soon. 
Uh, for those that are a part of Astounding Love's Wednesday night Bible study, uh, I'm sure that our minister, Frederick Johnson, will put the information up that you need for the tithes and offerings, etc. And uh, for the rest of you, get in touch. Please let us know how we can help you. I want to know, do you have prayer requests? Please write those down. We, Our team really does look at your prayer requests. We look at all of these comments and we do respond. Um, I respond to some, other people respond to others. If it's a personal note to me, you will get a personal response back from me. I love the opportunity that I have to love you. I love the opportunity that I have to release these words on relationships. And I love the fact that most of what I said tonight was not in my notes, but it was the things that the Spirit of the Lord wanted to say to each of us. Learn how to be your friend through the nurturing and the admonition, the correction, the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit, of the Father. Learn to receive that love. Let it nourish you on the inside and allow this mind to be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, as it comes to relationships. I'm Lindsay Lee. I am pastor of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship, and I had the honor tonight of being your teacher in Kingdom 101 Relationships. I look forward to the next time we're together. And so in the meantime, I tell you I love you and good night.